Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for the playing of the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. And here's your host, Jana, and her big brother, Jeff. Here we go again. Another edition of Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. We're going to find out what happens when the new look Padres come to Dodger Stadium. Was it uh, major fireworks? Was it crazy? It's also one of my personal favorite time of year in the in the baseball world. We'll talk about that when we get to around baseball. And what happens when you hit a butt ton of home runs? Do you win? You should. Potentially, yes. It's like when you throw eight shutout innings. You should win, right? All right, we're going to talk about all that stuff, and we're going to uh, look into where else baseball could be played, whether it be right here in the U.S. or in the world. So I don't know if you've noticed this, Jana, but we've hit kind of a lull. We're post-trade deadline. All the players are to their new teams. And since there's no waiver trade anymore, like we used to have the trade deadline, boom, and then we'd have the waiver trades where people would put the player on waivers. And if they cleared it, then they could be traded to another team. But we don't have that anymore. So now... We're just stuck with uh, whatever you got. That's why, like, the Dodgers last year went and got Danny Duffy, even though he was injured and didn't look like he would ever pitch again. But wait, it still doesn't look like he's ever going to pitch again. I know. I was going to say he has still hasn't pitched. So, But they went and got him just because they wanted the pitching help, and they thought he'd be back. But And no, nobody really did that that I saw this year, where they went after people who were on the, the injured list. Uh, you know, I'm sure that if Mike Trout had been available to be traded, injured or not, somebody would have probably grabbed him. It makes me wonder as we go and we find that I, I, we find quite a few teams that have not, they have, they have quite a few not great players on their rosters, players that probably shouldn't have ever come out of minor league ball. And then I wonder, okay, if you're going to do that, why do we want to expand? During the All-Star break, Manfred brought it up again. He wants to get 32 teams, maybe even up to 36 teams at some point, but 32 teams. I'm just thinking the talent pool is already watered down as it is. Uh, before, you used to have, I mean, the Dodgers kind of have a team of superstars, but it's not like they brought in a whole bunch of superstars. Just three so far. Yeah, just three. You know. <laughs> but most of their talent is homegrown. I would say that. If they have 32 teams at this point, then uh, the divisions change, or at least how many um, teams does interleague play go away? Uh, does if the playoffs, do they expand to 14 teams? Uh, 
Does everybody get a participation trophy? I feel like you almost have to, the things that you just said, you have to expand playoffs a little bit. Otherwise, from the get-go, you're already eliminating or, uh, you know, different teams from being relevant right from the get-go. Next season, the, um, the schedules change again. Currently, you, pay, you play 19 games against each team in your division. And then you play interleague games against one division. So, like, the Dodgers are playing the Central. The Angels are playing the East, NL East. Dodgers are playing the AL Central. So, they're going to play games, you know, like they're going to have uh, they're going to have the Twins coming up. And then they're going to Kansas City. The Angels, we've seen, have played the Braves. They'll have the, the Mets. They played the Nats already. Um, so... All that's going to change because now you're going to play at least one series against every team. You're going to be like the NBA that plays a game against everybody, whether they're in your conference or division or not. So AL is going to play every team in the NL and vice versa. So it, I'm I'm not sure, you know, it doesn't, I don't think it waters down the sport necessarily. You're still getting baseball, but it just kind of takes away from that uh, when you get to the finals. You know, you get to the World Series, you know, here's a team, you know, that is, you've already seen them play. There's nothing special necessarily about that unless it's two great teams, Dodgers and Yankees that have been on top of everything all season or or something like that. But how often does that even happen anymore? So what got us thinking about this was that there's games in going to be played next season. In London, right? Yeah, yeah. The Cardinals and the Cubs—they um, were supposed to play in, I think, in 2020. Um, of course, COVID um, made didn't you know didn't let that happen. Um, so they're going to be playing a two-game series on June 24th and 25th of 2023 as part of the MLB London series at the baseball-configured London Stadium. Um, The uh, Yankees and the Red Sox played the first regular season games there in June of 2019. And like I said, the Cardinals and the Cubs were supposed to play there in 2020. Um, If you remember that Yankees-Red Sox game, uh, it was like a blowout. I think the Red Sox just blew the... Yankees out. It could have been vice versa. I have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure it was the Red Sox. Um, so it wasn't really a competitive game, you know, if you're if one team's being blown out. I don't know why. I know that there are baseball fans in England. Um, we know that, but there's about an estimated 650,000. Um, baseball fans in England. So I guess it's to get, you know, the sport out and to see so more people can see it. Um, And you'll have the fans that come out. And of course, you'll have people who live in London that um, are Americans or, you know, service, um, servicemen and women who are stationed there. I just don't see... You know, why London? 
other than it. I mean, the uh, NFL goes there, but I think they have a bigger draw. Right. And the, well, the NFL used to have uh, the NFL Europe well, league right. going true. on. So that yeah. changed everything up. We don't have that kind of league going on over there. And then just to go back, it was um, it was the Yankees who. Beat oh, the it was the Yankees. The Red okay, Sox so were I was wrong. The home team. Yeah. They came over. Okay. They apologized for tossing all of the tea into the uh, to the <laughs> harbor. And we didn't uh, know they, what else to do. They were That's what allowed. We, thought we did with tea. Right. <laughs> it, it, tea goes in water. <laughs> That's right. We just, we were trying to make, what we were trying to do was make the whole ocean tea as a tribute. <laughs> do, yes. <laughs> That's what was going on. Okay. We so finally what, got to the bottom of it. <laughs> See, look at this. Was, Not only are you learning about baseball today, you're learning about history. Yes, two of our favorite things, baseball and history. Uh, what was the final score on that game? I know on, it was like crazy. They won the, the first game was a was well, it wasn't it wasn't a blowout necessarily, but the first game was seventeen to thirteen. They scored a lot of runs. Oh, okay. In that game, and then the second game was twelve to eight. So okay. it weren't low scoring affairs. There was a lot of offense, but. Yeah, yeah that was but maybe it came late. I for some reason I remember that I saw some of that game and it I, it just seemed like and maybe the Red Sox came back. I'm not, you know, I'd have to look at the box score, but um it just seemed kind of, you know, they weren't in the people who went weren't as into it or they didn't know what was right. going on. I don't know. Yeah, it was crazy. There's talk with the expansion though. Cities like London always pop up as a possible expansion, but it's almost like when the Dodgers decided to come to L.A., they had to bring another team with them so that they had somebody to play regionally, because at that point, there were no teams really, with the exception of St. Louis, there weren't really any teams west of the Mississippi. Right. And yeah. St. Louis really is just barely <laughs> west on of the, the edge. right yeah. there. But so really that was about it. Everything else was all the East Coast. So doing that travel and airplanes, you know, were still not, um, you know, I mean, air, air travel had been figured out by then, obviously, but it wasn't. It wasn't as big of, um, you know, it wasn't as common as it is today. Right. So, yeah. Our cousins, the Wright brothers, they had figured it out at Kitty Hawk, but they weren't flying in that plane, but they were. Still... That could have been interesting. That biplane, <laughs> that double wing, the players were just sitting on the wings while Orville or Wilbur, <laughs> one of them was working the controls. That's right. They, they all had to help push to get it going, and then they'd hop on. Yeah, jump on. Just like you, yeah, so you're pushing somebody on their bike or something, and you hop on. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. London would be a good baseball city uh, logistically because <laughs> it's, you know, from the East Coast, it's how many hours to fly go across the pond, as they say. 
Um, and then you have jet lag and you have to get used to the time. It would be kind of like how teams are when they go to Colorado with the elevation. Right. Well, you, you, I think you'd almost have to do two travel days. You couldn't do these where you finish a series on um, Sunday, whether it be afternoon or a Wednesday afternoon, whatever day, and then go play a game in London the next day. Right. Yeah, that would not that would not work. No, that would be that would be tough. Some of those where it's like, okay, we got the Mets today and we're back in L.A., for you know the next series the next day that's tough enough yeah not uh you know so trying to go over there honestly here's what i think before we get to expansion talk here in the u.s i think instead of thinking let's put an mlb team in london um number one you can't just put one You'd have to have some around there so that they could play close and build up a regional. So maybe you got one there. Maybe you've got a team in Ireland. Maybe there's a team in France. Um, you know, the Parisians are, uh, you know, a team, uh, you know, that they can play there in Paris or something, Germany, Belgium, whatever, to get your, you know, another division over there. And then that way, when, you know, they come, those teams come to the U.S., they play the games here, then go back and play the same thing here. You know, one division goes over there and plays everybody, and then they come back. What I yeah. really think they should do, though, instead of automatically jumping into trying to put MLB teams in there, is minor league teams. Oh, yeah. Now, I am not sure about a Parisian baseball team because Paris hosts the 2024 Olympics and baseball is not going to be played because that the host country gets to decide and they are not having baseball. They will be having break dancing. Oh, you take your silly baseball game. We will dance on our heads. Yeah, no. Um, thrust my dipples know, no at you. Baseball. Fart in your uh, general direction. <laughs> yeah, no, you'd have baseball. to have something. I, you'd have to have something like that. No. And you'd have to have, and I think minor leagues, the minor league teams, that could be the way to go. See, that's what we need. We need to put a minor league team or a couple of them in and around France as well. They get to figure out baseball and then they'll go. We are fools. We should have had baseball in our Olympics. Uh, can you imagine the food that would be served at the stadium in France? Like you could have a, a cheese platter and, you know, wine and uh, pastries can I have a, and what would you like? Snails. Uh, Escargot. Would like, I would like an escargot dog. <laughs> what do you want? Snail dog over here. Snail dogs. Snail dogs. <laughs> All right. That was in honor of our favorite hot dog uh, vendor ever. 
from uh, from the Texas Rangers. I, I always wondered what happened to that guy. I know, me too. He should be in a hot dog vendor hall of fame. He should be. Somewhere. He was awesome. Anyway, so let's talk now about, about expansion here. And a couple of the cities that pop up all the time, Nashville has been one of the bigger names. Montreal pops up a lot as since they're like Montreal was a great baseball city. Uh, Jackie Robinson would attest to that. He was loved in Montreal and really enjoyed his time there. Uh, Las Vegas, a lot of talk about that, not simply as a expansion city, but maybe as a new landing spot for the Oakland A's, should they not be able to ever get a deal done to build a stadium up in Oakland, which who knows, one day it seems like it's on. It's like, yay. Oh, yay. Oh, oh. Well, and also, <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, the Tampa Bay Rays, who we had talked about this, uh, how they were going to play in Tampa Bay some of the games, like half the season or something like that. And then half the season they were going to play in Montreal. But that didn't happen. But they want a new stadium. And so is that a possibility? Yeah. And then, of course, we know, like you were just saying, it's – the city council approved it. Oh, they they denied this, or they decided to put this on hold, and it's for the A's. Well, it's back they and forth. approve it, but they approve it at like half of what right is needed. So even though they approved it, so they look like they hey we approved it. They didn't. They didn't approve it so that it could actually get done. They approved it ceremonially, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah, we have uh, Portland, Oregon is another city that uh, has, is usually always mentioned. Um, Vancouver is a possibility. Well, uh, and you know, Char- there used to be teams in, um, in Canada, minor league teams. Edmonton mm-hmm. was a tr- Angels AAA team. Oh, that's right. Vancouver, another AAA team that was, uh, that was there. So there is a place where baseball, you know, had been, um, Portland, I've heard a lot. Uh, and then you were just mentioning, uh, Charlotte. Yep. And there are two pro sports team city already with, uh, the Carolina Panthers are there. And then of course, uh, the Charlotte, uh, what are they? The Bobcats or I, I still call them the Hornets. Cause that's what they were. I know that's Charlotte, what I was getting but... when you said, what are they? The Bobcats. And I'm like, aren't they the Hornets. No, the Hornets moved to New Orleans when the Jazz right. moved to Utah. Oh, so that's been that's been a while. I'm a well, and they were like the New Orleans okay. Hornets, and said, "No, we need our own name." Unlike Utah, who says, "What is Jazz? We don't even know what Jazz is. What is that? What is this? All the, is that all that Jazz? Is that like a saying?" And they just Jazz hands. Jazz hands, maybe I don't know. I don't know. You're 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 uh, you're related to somebody from Utah. Maybe they can explain to you why how jazz translates in Utah. I think they were just lazy. <laughs> they were like, you know, because oh, what could they be? Uh, I well, don't know. I don't know. They the bees. Like the yeah, minor I mean, league team or something, because it's yeah. the Beehive State. 
It could be the Stingers. The Stingers. That would be all right. Look at that. And I bet you, I wonder how many people knew that Utah's the beehive state. See, we are just dropping knowledge today like crazy. We are. I I was going to say, another uh, place, did you mention Mexico City? Yes. As a possibility, yeah. And I thought that there was already, um, not that there was already a team there, but the possibility of team, the Mexico City Matadors. Well, it's kind of like the Nashville Stars. You know, they have a group. Yeah. They, you know, they've got everything kind of in place. So it would just be MLB saying, go for it. And it would be good if they had a full-time stadium down there so that what happened the last time that uh, MLB went down there to play, they couldn't play because the field had been used for a concert and it got all tore up and they ended up canceling that game because it wasn't safe for the players to go play. But that would be, if if you want to go internationally, uh, we're already in Canada, but Canada's like just going to another room of your house. It's not really... (laughs) Um, so, you know, Mexico city works and Mexico city's got the Mexican league baseball. And there are players that, uh, you know, Mexican players come up and play in the, uh, in the MLB. Well, and you have players, uh, Yasiel Puig is a good example. You know, he's Cuban, but he came through Mexico and played in Mexico. And that's where the Dodgers saw him. Uh, yeah, so to me, Mexico City makes a lot more sense than London. Yeah, I wouldn't. And and maybe that's just, you know, let's get let's just get, you know, people excited in another part of the world. You know, in Japan, in Korea, they have their own leagues. We know the baseball's played over there. It's a matter of finding it over in Europe. It's not a big deal. So maybe explaining it over there, alternative to other sports or here, these, this is something else that's big. And maybe by drawing in that audience, you don't necessarily have to put teams there, but you could do those. Let's have a series of games over there and have a couple of teams go and play in London, a couple of teams play in Frankfurt or whatever, or Marseille, because the Parisians don't want the uh, baseball in their town or whatever, you know, but different place, Spain, Portugal, you could, uh, you know, do that, uh, play some baseball in in different places like that. Um, What was it? uh, You know, I mean, I I don't know, based on what I see now that they want to go there, but uh, even India, you had the whole whole thing started. They had the uh, the movie with the million dollar arm where oh, yeah. uh, they went to India to try to find people to be pitchers. And a couple of those guys actually made it into the pros. So there are places where you might be able to get that and open up. And if you're going to try to expand out to 32 to 36, you probably need to expand the overall pool of players. You know, I, I, I wonder how many Australian kids uh, are Liam Hendricks fans. And oh, yeah, to, you know. Uh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. And what's there? Um, how many of them are yeah, trying to follow in his footsteps? Now, the only thing I'm worried about about baseball in Australia is that, uh, you know, one of our all time favorite players is going to play in Australia. And I'm worried he's going to he's going to um, ruin it for everybody. Oh, right. Yeah, I <laughs> that could be 
he really, I don't know, he could fit right in or he will be thrown off the continent. <laughs> and that's that's easy there since it's an island continent. Anyway, so that's the question is, do they really need expansion? I actually think they need contraction. I think they could do away with a couple of teams. And that would bring, you know, that would, I think it would make baseball more competitive. You'd have uh, more, more top notch, you know, players, uh, talented players on every team. Yeah. I, but what teams, which teams would be let go? Um, Tampa Bay. Even yeah. as good of a, uh, you know, being a great organization baseball wise is one thing, but. They don't draw anything even when they're winning. Yeah, that's true. I mean, their attendance numbers are really sad. I'd even say Miami. Uh, I was going to say the Florida teams because you already have minor league teams. So they have the they have that. A lot of minor league teams, you get spring training there. I think that the, those two teams could go, you know. I am in agreement with that. Yeah. 28 teams, 14 per. But I guess if you're if you're if they're hell bent on expansion, then Nashville seems like a good town for that. They've had the Nashville Sounds forever, and they draw well. Yeah, and I we used to go when we lived um, at Fort Campbell. Uh, we used to go to Nashville Sounds games. Um, yep, and, uh, always really good attendance and a lot of fun. And then I see, I think it's uh, unavoidable that Las Vegas is going to get a team, whether it be the A's or whether they get an expansion team. Yeah, I think they would be next in line. But I, if the Oakland City Council, if they can't get together on this Howard Terminal deal, uh, it looks like the A's will be closer to... uh, joining their neighbors well they're used to be neighbors they're, i guess they're former their former <laughs> roommates time. oh that's right roommates um the raiders in las vegas but yeah and and before expansion before they can put teams you know in other places they're gonna have to figure out what to do with the a's and the rays um because the rays want a new stadium and i think you know, the city council in Tampa Bay or where, or St. Petersburg actually is where they play. I don't, they're like, yeah, you don't need one. They're not willing to pony up the money. So that's, so it's possible. The A's go to Las Vegas, the Rays go to Montreal. But you still didn't get your teams. All you did was move two teams. So right, you just Vegas moved the two and teams, Montreal but you- get eliminated from from the expansion right. pool. But and you then, at least have movement where you could start the expansion because you can't do anything with the expansion until you know what the A's especially, what are, are they going to do? thinking of can't do that? You're talking about Rob Manfred. He no. is capable <laughs> of messing up a lot of things all at one time. Well, but I've heard him say i mean he that he can't talk about expansion until oakland the oakland and tampa situations get resolved so i don't think they can really do anything no i've been manfred i agree with that but i i wouldn't be surprised if he tries yeah. to do it all at once 
Right. Oakland moves to Las Vegas. Tampa moves to Montreal. There's a team in Mexico City and a team in Portland. Billings, Montana. Billings, Montana. (laughs) I would say that they're going to put it somewhere where and build the wrong kind of stadium so that it's it's going to be a problem. It's like having an outdoor stadium in Minnesota. Right, which makes no sense to me. Uh, you and know, people can say, oh, yeah, during the summer, but spring, brutal. Retractable roofs. Anyway, we'll continue to watch that and see how it goes. And you're right. The Oakland and Tampa Bay situations need to to be figured out, you know, before anything else goes, because those are teams. Are we sending them there? Are they going to other cities? What's happening? All right, we're just talking about uh, where's Oakland going to play. The question is, where will the Angels go to lose to the Oakland A's? I mean, to play the Oakland A's in the future. Well, this time they didn't have to worry about going and playing in the Coliseum because Oakland A's came to them and uh, started it off uh, with a three-game set as Oakland uh, and Seattle were this week's uh, foes. Actually, for both of our teams, the Angels and the Dodgers, they both played interdivisional teams all week with the angels doing Oakland and Seattle uh, three with Oakland at home. And then they traveled up to Seattle uh, for a Friday through Sunday, four game set. Yep. Another double header with Seattle to make up for games missed at the beginning of the year. And I wanted to bring this up as uh, when we were talking about the all-star game, because I really felt like this guy at least had an all-star game name. The all all star name team, and he plays for Oakland. Sky Bolt. Oh, yeah, that's the perfect name. And I think uh, we should start the all star name all stars. Okay, I add Sky Bolt to my all star name list. Let me write that down all star name list ASN Sky. With an E now. Yes, got to get that. I wonder if he's um, if he's related to Usain. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. I'd probably not. I don't think so either. But anyway, so uh, here's the thing: the only thing separating the Angels from the bottom of the AOS pile is. The Oakland A's. Now, the Oakland A's have a true reason not to be contending. It's because they gave everybody away. They have essentially a triple-A team with the exception of Sean Murphy and uh, Elvis Andrews. And Elvis Andrews is, you know, a veteran, has good days, he has bad days, up and down. Otherwise. the Angels have a lot more going on. They should whoop Oakland. They shouldn't be they should. where they're at, but they are. And they're I think they're trying to be in last place because they did end up losing this series to the A's. Game one. Well, what? if you as if they're trying to be in last place, you know, they tried to be in first place and that didn't work. So why not have a different tack? <laughs> 
aspire to something else, lower expectations. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I guess. Something. I think Phil Nevin, I think that was his, uh, it was his, on his, uh, what, a dream board that he has in his <laughs> office. <laughs> the Phil Nevin dream board. Uh, I guess he's been watching a lot of Talladega Nights, and he got in his head. If you ain't first, you're last. And that's, that's what right. it's, it's trying to be dead that, last. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So game one, uh, Jose Suarez uh, takes the hill, throws five innings, gives up five hits, one run, strikes out five in the three to one win. Yay. I know. Surprise, surprise. Phil Nevin, not happy about that. But, uh, you know, what could he do? A uh, couple of guys that uh, I mentioned, Elvis Andrews and Sean Murphy, uh, both uh, three hits uh, for Elvis, two hits and an RBI for Sean Murphy. Uh, somebody that uh, surprisingly was not traded at the deadline. A lot of people thought that Sean Murphy would be uh, would be gone. Uh, yep, and he stayed. Nope, he's there. Uh, the Angels, David Fletcher. Has been on fire since he came back. A home run, which is a rarity for him. Yeah. But uh, he had a home run. And then uh, actually the, there was only two players that day in the starting lineup. Max Stassi and uh, Magnera Sierra were the only two without a hit. And then uh, we had to game two. Shohei on the mound. However... Things swapped. It was the inverse. It's like a uh, bizarro Otani. Yeah. Now he had been going along pretty well. His streak of double digit strikeouts done. Right. He only struck out seven. Not bad, but still only seven. Went five and two thirds, gave up seven hits and three runs in a three to one loss. Uh, Sean Murphy with a three run homer. That uh, that basically sealed his fate. He gave up that home run. Luis Renjifo got the only RBI, went two for four, and he drove in Magnera Sierra, who was two for four that day. So Magnaris is trying to uh, to prove himself up here. He's got uh, a good stage now because Brandon Marsh is gone. Mike Trout's out. They need people in there, and uh, you know all, what? Joe Adele is his competition out there. Um, as long as you're better <laughs> yeah. defensively, yeah. Don't let the baseball hit you in the head. You'll be all right. Be all right, yeah. And then the game that we alluded to earlier, game three of this series, they're wrapping things up. The A's, uh, Ramon Laureano, uh, two for five, drove in four runs. Had a home run and a double. First baseman Seth Brown had a home run as well. But that was nothing compared to what the Angels did. Now let's get out of the way. Jansen Junk, who had a good outing previously, was really not good this time. Only went two and a third, gave a five hit, six runs, only struck out two. And then Tukey Toussaint, four and a third innings, gave up two hits and two runs. And struck out six. But the crazy thing about this is that the Angels scored in the first, second, third, fourth, sixth, seventh, and ninth. Shohei 
two home runs, two solo home runs. Kurt Suzuki, Taylor Ward, Joe Adele, Jared Walsh, and Mickey Moniak, all with solo home runs. So can you count those up for me in Sesame Street style or Electric Company? <laughs> Electric Company style is better. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven solo home runs. And how much did the Angels win by? They didn't. Negative one. <laughs> oh, the Angels. What are they doing? But the I Angels, care Phil Nevin was like, that was great job, guys. Perfect. That's right. You didn't strike out. Or no, he doesn't care about strikeouts. I'm sorry. You didn't hit into a double play. Way to go. That's right. You hit a home run. So seven home runs, all solo. That's the first time that's ever happened in ALNL history. And just the sixth time a team has hit seven plus homers and lost. Other teams have hit seven homers in a game, but they've hit like multi-run homers. Right. Yeah. I think that was one of the things with the angels is they were all solo home runs. If they had had somebody on base, maybe they would have edged out the A's, but well, when they had somebody on base and they had a potential three homer game for Shohei, Shohei wasn't very patient went after the first pitch and popped it up. Yeah. And I thought the this reason the he didn't hit a home game. run is because somebody was on base. Maybe. Yeah. Because it was it. solo home run day. <laughs> Come out to the stadium for our promotion. It's solo home run day. Everybody gets a solo cup. Right. We're just handing out red cups as you come in. Yeah. Just red solo cups. You that couldn't would even be... do like the crazy home run game bobblehead. You'd have to put seven well, six players because Shohei hit two. Right. On the bobblehead, it just it wouldn't work. Well, and uh, so the Angels were in Oakland for the series, right? No, they were at so, home. Oh, they were at home. Okay, because I was going to say a solo cup giveaway seems more Coliseum-like. You know, we just don't have a lot of stuff. We found these in the... <laughs> <laughs> in the storage room. Yeah, I thought, okay. And don't so, worry, yeah, don't they worry. Were... They, you know, I think only one had been used previously. I, they were, right. the package was open. Oh, here's a Sharpie. You can put your name on put it. Name you can personalize it. it. It's like it, but it's not like the ones where they have the little thing so you can write it on. It won't rub off if it gets wet. Yeah. It's not that because that's just too fancy. Yes. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, maybe that's uh, if you're listening, Oakland A's, there's a good promotion idea for you. Yeah. And they come in other colors. I think you can get it in green, um, maybe yellow. You could work something yeah, out but with that's this. Not, well, but I guess, not I guess you don't want to give away a red cup if the Angels are in town. Right. Because everybody would have their red solo cup. But who was the guy that came last season that got traded there, the reliever? Who was looking for a houseboat. Oh, Andrew Chafin. Yeah, he would have been perfect. You yeah. could have had like a sticker of Andrew Chafin's face on there. Yeah. Given away 
Because it sounds like he was like a red solo cup kind of guy. I think so. I think there's even a country song about red solo cups. Yeah, I believe so. I, I can't say that I've heard that one, but uh, no, I just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that would be an awesome, uh, that's an awesome promotion for the Coliseum. I, I think, I think so too. So somebody get, uh, the Oakland A's promotions on the line. We've got a, uh, I don't know, a $3.50 idea. I don't know. How much does Solo Cups cost? A sleeve of Solo Cups. Yeah. And, but I they could buy them in bulk from Solo. Right. For maybe thirteen fifty. Right. Get a better deal. You know, the yeah. first 20,000 fans. And see, they don't even have to worry about that. They could do multiple. If they bought 20,000 cups. They could do multiple solo nights because they only average like what three or four thousand. Yeah. So, so they that's like do five six, nights of solo. Six, five six nights worth, depending. Yeah. I like it. See, look at what we're doing today. We're getting a lot done. Dropping some history knowledge, talking about expansion teams, what what Utah's nickname is. And now we're taking care of Oakland A's promotions. All right. So the Angels head to Seattle. Um, Seattle breathing a sigh of relief because uh, Mike Trout is not there to hit 16 home runs in four games against them. Uh, So they uh, this one is kind of weird because they lose the series to the A's. A team that is really, at this point, I'm not sure that the Angels are better than the A's. You know, I think that they have some better pieces. They could be a lot better. I guess they are better simply because we have Shohei. Yeah, I think that is the the factor there. And I think pitching-wise, we probably have a couple better pitchers now because they've given everybody away. Right. You know, um... In fact, the Dodgers saw one of the ex-A's pitchers, and we'll talk about that uh, coming up uh, in just a little bit. Uh, But Patrick Sandoval on the mound in game one of this series, uh, five and a third innings, gave up three hits, no runs, five strikeouts. He's been really good, consistent pitching overall. I think he's had more consistent outings than anybody um, except for Shohei. and. You know, Shohei's only had like really uh, over, especially over this that this last stretch. Um, you know, he had a great outing that ended badly when he gave up a bunch of runs all at the end of the game. Um, and then even his outing against the A's wasn't bad, but it wasn't it wasn't good enough uh, to to win. Um, this time the Angels do win. The team that is. Uh, in second place and uh, is right now, if the season ended today, they're going into uh, the playoffs as a wild card. And that's the only place they're going to go. Houston's not going to give up uh, their spot the way that they're playing right now. They've got to have a major collapse. But uh, Max Stassi with a home run, uh, Luis Renjifo, two for four, and Magnera Sierra, another name. There he is again uh, with a triple. Uh, Jesse Chavez, the most traded man in America, is uh, comes in, pitches okay, then blows the save. And then wins the game. Right. That's my favorite. I loved seeing that. 
gave up three runs, three hits, but the Angels actually came back and uh, and win it for Jesse Chavez. Because, sure, Patrick Sandoval worked harder and had a better game and controlled the Seattle bats better, but Jesse needed, you know, we feel sorry for you because you've been traded so many times. That's right. Yeah, so we're gonna he give needed you, some, a pick-me-up. Right, we're going to give you a win. Uh, Robbie Ray on the mound uh, for Seattle. Uh, went seven innings, just gave up one run. And then uh, Abraham Toro, former Asterisk, is uh, he, I think we talked about him last year, about hitting home runs for his new team versus his old team and for his old team versus his new team in the same series. Oh, that's, yes, we did. That's right. That's Abraham. Yep, there's there's old Abe. And then uh, Ty France, two for three with two RBIs. The next day, it was doubleheader day, and game uh, game one of the uh, of the doubleheader saw Jaime Berea on the mound versus Luis Torrens, and the return of a pitcher who had been DFA'd actually went on assignment and has now made his way back. Mike and you're Myers. so excited to see I him. Am. Love I him. Am. I wish he would pitch in the mask. I really, I, I believe so too. And you I know what would be help. funny is if when he came out of the mound, he had the mask on and they had like a Jamie Lee Curtis lookalike run out of the bullpen and then him <laughs> chase after her. And once the they got to the infield, she'd go to the dugout and he'd just keep going to the mound. Yeah. Wouldn't we that be fun? We need some more excitement. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's somebody's going to cancel me for that, though, because that's <laughs> that's not politically correct. Oh, well. I'm pretty sure that's got to be what's. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh Joe Adele scores one run in that game in the second inning, uh, thanks to Mickey Moniak, uh, who had that RBI. But that was it. Wasn't uh, wasn't huge. Um, I'm sorry. And and in that game, um, it wasn't. Luis Torrens hit a home run in that game. He wasn't pitching. I don't know what I got confused there um, for for the Mariners. Um, yeah, two to one. They're done. So we move, That's it. we move on to game game three uh, of the series, game two of the doubleheader. And um, the guy who I think would have been the ace by now, had he not fell apart after his no hitter, because since he's been back, we talked about it last week. He has been, you know, pretty good. And that's Reed Detmers. He throws seven innings, uh, six hits, only gives up one run, strikes out seven. Uh, David Fletcher three RBIs in that game. Mickey Moniak joined David Fletcher with by hitting a home run as well. So another home run for Fletch. Where's all this power coming from? Is he, did he get like, did he, when he was off, did he work out some magic? Like they have that, uh, what is that milk? Muscle milk? Muscle maybe milk, he, yeah. Maybe he came up with his own because he is a milk connoisseur. Yeah. And, uh, wanted uh, so he came up with that and he's like uh he's getting some more bulk from his uh, milk experiments makes a body good right it and does. uh he uh he's got another home run there it's crazy what uh what fletch has been doing 
so seven to one win. Uh, the Angels support Reed Detmers. Chris Flexen was on the mound. Uh, he didn't have a great game. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. He's been a pretty solid Mariners pitcher, though. Six innings on the mound, six hits, five runs, given up, only struck out five uh, in that uh, loss for the Mariners. The Angels uh, head on into the final game of the weekend. And by the time they scored their first run, in the fourth inning, the Mariners were already up five to nothing. They would drop this game six to three to split the series. So they didn't lose to the Mariners. They split the series. They, they lost the series, the series to the A's, <laughs> but split the series with the Mariners. Yeah. I mean, that's they, something, right? I'm wondering if they should start playing some of their home games up in Seattle. But I wonder if it's only got to be against the Mariners. And the Mariners are out of town. The Angels can go play. Hmm. You know, the that asterisk. Could be a good experiment. Yeah. Because they seem to do pretty well. In that, uh, in that last game, it was the debut of Tucker Davidson. Recent acquisition from the Braves. His Angel debut. Uh, only lasted four innings. He gave up six hits, six runs, only struck out one in that five six walks. Th- yeah, that was the killer right there. Go uh, back Jesse, to Atlanta. <laughs> go somewhere. <laughs> Just not here. I mean, we need some hope. We already got, you know, Phil Nevin, who I, I, I wish he should have been year, traded. Remember last year we were able to do some silver linings on some things. Right. Um, David Fletcher being as hot with the bat has been good. But, you know, is that enough of a silver lining? I guess it's a silver lining. He's back and he's playing well. Yeah, because it could have been the opposite. You know, he could have come back and just been bleh. Um, One of the things that really hurt Tucker Davidson, and really, was it fair to trade him out of the South with a name like Tucker. No, I That's think a you, Georgia name. Yeah. I think that is like you, you have to be there. And if you leave, you have to have a passport. Right. And maybe, maybe he does. Maybe that's, he's acclimating and things aren't really working out that well for him yet. Gotcha. All right. Uh, one of the things that really killed him, Jesse Winker's grand slam did not help. Yeah, that didn't help at and all. And Eugenio uh, Suarez, two for three in that game. As the uh, the Angels just continued to muddle along, they did win three out of seven games. So that's, that's not bad. It's No, uh, and I saw an after-game interview with Phil Nevin. Uh, Phil, what do they call him? Phil. Phil, Phil Nevin. Phil, that's probably more appropriate. <laughs> Phil Nevin. Um, after the game on Sunday and you know they ask you how do you how do you think it went how did they well I think they you know I think they played well on both sides <laughs> like your team lost he's like the worst I mean he just I don't he's not a manager well maybe at another level maybe he's like a a, a little league manager or a maybe. low like a, a, a rookie league manager. That's Maybe. all right. 
because you're still working with them. You want to build confidence. Right. I think that is exactly where he needs to go because he is not helping with the. I think they played well. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Winker had a grand slam. It's all right. But I guess maybe let's let's look at it from this standpoint, though. Maybe they did play well. Um, Yeah. Okay. Based off of. Everyone had a hit except for one. Um, Sierra didn't have a hit in that Sunday game, but everybody else at least got a hit. So is that right? And that then was, so. they had some, they've had some better, um, you know, outings recently. They've had some, they've had some, they, they were able to come back and win a game, uh, snatch it from the, from the jaws of defeat and give Jesse Chavez the win. That one time, right? <laughs> that one time, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I, I just, I mean, you, once again. Okay, we're, we're looking for silver linings. We're looking silver for the silver linings. linings. Yes, all right, all right. Well, okay, so let's, um, who, uh, <laughs> where are right. the angels this week? The angels. What are they doing? They're going to the Coliseum. Oh, so maybe we could get the solo cup. Right, because we want that to be with the uh while the Angels are playing them, yes. Yes. The the solo cup time. Uh and so they've got them and then uh they come home for a great scheduling finally. Yes, whoever did this scheduling headquarters home office in New York, you get a gold star. Because the Twins play the Dodgers, and then they head down 5-2 to Anaheim. So, good job. Yeah. They're, they're, they, they play five games, and they don't even have to relieve the area. They could get one hotel and, uh, and, just, and just be there for the whole series, whatever. They could be right there in the middle. They could be in, like, Norwalk. Uh, yeah. Santa Fe Springs. <laughs> couple little towns along the five that's like in between Dodger Stadium just find a halfway point and uh and and go from there so the Angels have have uh the Twins in for three that's probably going to be ugly since the Twins are competing for a uh, playoff spot and made some decent moves at the trade deadline and uh, unless the Angels decide just not to play Phil Nevin said you know my guys need a few extra days off they're tired. They keep getting beat badly. They need a break. Come on, buddy. It's not part of his dream Patch board. On the, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, how about a player of the week? You got one? <sighs> I kind of had a theme, but I think I might change um, because then I, I picked this guy and then I wrote all the stats down. And like, no, he really didn't. I mean, he did okay, I guess. But um, I think I might go. In fact, this is my player of the week. I'm changing my player of the week right now. I'm going to go with Reed Detmers as my player of the week because he, you know, had that great outing. He fell apart. He went back to the minors. He's coming back and he's showing that he actually has made improvements and he's, he looked pretty good and he, you know, had those seven strikeouts. So 
Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with Reed Detmers. You know what's funny is? It started out like you. I had somebody, and then I looked at their numbers, and then I thought, maybe I should consider this person. I looked at their numbers. But the funny part is, is when we were talking about Reed Detmers, and I was reading off how he did, I thought, I probably picked the wrong guy. <laughs> and I probably should have went with Reed Detmers. But since you already did that, I should have gone first. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and go back to, because there's two guys. They, they did about the same. They, they, they came up in good spots and tried to help the team win. Uh, but both of them hit like in the two sixties. And, uh, my last week, one of them was my, uh, was my player of the week last week and David Fletcher. And then, um, I went ahead and added in Magnuris Sierra who had some, uh, some good moments, uh, this week. And why not? Let me give it to, uh, to those two guys. Uh, Reed Detmers, if he's still looking good the next couple outings, maybe he gets it as well. It's time for Dodger baseball. Well, the team with the best record in baseball is no longer the New York Yankees. Nope, it is the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been playing really well lately, and this week they had a chance to like build a good gap between them and the rest of the NL West. The problem was, is that they were playing two teams that typically play them pretty well. Well, at least one team that plays them pretty well. The other one's hit and miss. But when they play them well, they play them really well. Uh, before we get to the uh, to the other team, the new look Padregs, and what happened when they showed up in the ravine, to play that dragon up the highway. Um, the Dodgers headed out of uh, Colorado with the, with the, uh, a win, the series win, and they headed to the Bay, where uh, this, the, this town that Journey sang uh, the song Lights about. Yeah, I was just had that song in my head. I just was thinking that. Oh, I want to yeah. be there in the city by the bay. Yes. Uh, or Jefferson Starship, or just Starship. They dropped Jefferson by that point, and we built this city. They're from the Bay Area as well. They built it on rock and roll. The Giants would like to say they built it on whatever, but uh, based on what happened in this series, nope. That wasn't the case. No, no. Yeah, uh, Dodgers came in. Andrew Haney as back. He was on the mound. Still with limited uh, pitch count, you know, easing him back in. But he's looked really good. He uh, pitched four innings in this first game. Gave up four hits, uh, one run, two walks, had seven strikeouts. And then the um, bullpen has come in. Uh, Chris Martin, uh Came in, he was the acquisition from uh, the Cubs that sent Zach McKinstry. Um, he pitched an inning, um, you know, gave up a hit, but uh, Caleb Ferguson, Yancey Almonte, David Price, who's looked really good. I think people forget about David Price. And then Phil Bickford. Dodgers come out with a win, an 8-2 to two win. And I have a question. When I've seen Chris Martin before, when he pitched 
for the Braves. He always looked old to me. Like his beard was more salt and pepper. And then when I saw him pitching with the Dodgers, I is he I wonder if he's using that beard color. What's it called? Well, um I, yeah, something <laughs> for men. Yeah. Hair color for men. Beard, beard, beard coloring for men <laughs> or whatever. Because he looked yeah, a little bit the younger one that has to like me. The, um, the commercials got like uh, Keith Hernandez. and Yeah, uh, it does. And who is it? Is that like Walt Frazier or somebody like that? That the NBA player? Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, yeah. And I, that just struck me because I was like, he looks a little younger. Did you fall but, over? Yeah. <laughs> after it struck you? It struck me, yes. Uh, so in this game, we had uh, Trey Turner with a home run, Max Muncy with a home run. Oh he my loves goodness. hitting. The hell you in, say? Yeah, he loves hitting in San Francisco. Uh, Mookie had a double. Freddie had a double. Uh, really, you know, if you look at Betts, Turner, and Freeman. You know, one for five, one for three, three for five was uh, Freddie Freeman, two RBIs. Turner had two RBIs. It's a really good game. I mean, the only, you know, everybody had a hit in the game except for Gavin Lux and Cody Bellinger. Um, so, you know, it's like, all right, not bad. And it's the Giants. So, um want to wanna have a first good game with them. So you could get on with the series. The next night, Tyler Anderson is on the mound. It uh, doesn't look as stellar as he has um, in other games, but he does get the win. Dodgers get the win. They win nine to five. Anderson uh, pitches five innings, gives up six hits, five runs, four walks, and three strikeouts. Does give up a home run. But in this game, and then again, I have to mention the bullpen of uh, Evan Phillips, Alex Bessia, Chris Martin. You know, he didn't give up any hits or runs this time. And then uh, David Price was in there, too. No jumbo jacks, but uh, they still, the bullpen still looked good. But on the uh, offensive side, Mookie Betts, three for five, three RBIs, double and a home run. Uh, Gavin Lux had a triple, uh, cuz Austin Barnes had a double, Cody Bellinger had a triple. Um, everybody had a hit in this game except for, um, Trace Thompson, but he had a walk and he did score a run. So he did get on base. So another good outing offensively and another good outing for the bullpen. And they, uh, they took it to, uh, Alex Wood who was on the mound for the Giants that night, uh, former teammate for some of these guys. He, he threw five and a third, gave up all, or gave up six of, um, of the runs that day, struck out six of them. Uh, catcher Joey Bart with a home run for the Giants. Yeah, that was, that was it. No, I mean, they had five runs, but yeah, the Dodgers. So here they are, the Dodgers are up. Two to nothing in this series. They come into the next series. They win three to nothing. Julio Urias is on the mound. Looks really good. Pitches six innings and hits no runs, uh, no walks, and six strikeouts. 
And then again, uh, gotta hand it to that bullpen, Evan Phillips, uh, Yancy Almonte, and then Craig Kimbrell got his 19th save. A little quieter um, on the offensive front for the Dodgers. So Mookie, Trey, and Freddie all over in that game. It was Miguel Vargas, his uh, first game in the MLB. And uh, he had, he was two for four, had a double, had two RBIs, um, stole a base. And he just did it. Like they, they asked him, they said, you know, did you, he said, no, I just felt good. I think he stole third. He was like, yeah, I just felt good. I, I thought I could do it. And he did. So another really good uh, showing for you know, these players that are being called up, um, right. Miguel, Some of these, like James uh, this Outman. Off. yep. Yeah. Outman, and, especially. Yeah. He, he had, uh, he had a good game, um, like a two for two game, uh, coming up and, uh, I think, uh, versus the Padres yep. and then, um, max two for four in that you, when you say it was a light, uh, a light offensive day, only six hits for the team. They got out hit in that game. By two hits, the Giants had eight yeah. hits in that game, uh, and uh, Joey Bart, Buster <laughs> Posey's heir apparent, three for four, and then uh, Brandon Belt was two for four. Uh, Alex Cobb, former Angel, uh, went six and a third, uh, gave up uh, all three of the runs on four hits. As we move into Game Four of the four-game set, and it's Kershaw Day. Yeah, Kershaw is on the mound. Or whatever. What's the name of the stadium up there now? What's it called? Uh, is it Oracle now? Is it or Oracle is it? Park? I don't know. I don't. It used Bell to be Carmen. Pac Bell, you know, Pacific Bell or whatever. AT&T Park. And, uh, and now. Is it Truist? No. Yeah, <laughs> might as well be. <laughs> Everything else is. Isn't that it, uh, Oracle Dodger, Park or Dodger Field at Truist Stadium? Right. <laughs> Truist uh. Ravine. Uh, so anyway, Kirsch, Kirsch on the mound. Um, not a great outing. No. Uh, more because of what happened when he headed out in the fifth. He throws four innings. But he gets out on in the fifth inning and um, warming up and disaster strikes. Yeah, he said he felt some, you know, tightness in his back, which we know he has back issues. And so he came out of the game. And that is like, no, because he's been on the IL before earlier in the year um, with that pelvis you know, something to do with the motion, the balls and sockets, whatever is in there. And now he's got, you know, the back issue. So hopefully um, it's not, you know, it's not serious and it's just something that he can work through. And he, you know, obviously will be on the IL, which we'll get to. Um, But uh, yeah, so not, not what you want to see in the last game of the series against the Giants where the the Dodgers are up three to nothing 
But again, you got to hand it to the bullpen because they came in. Uh, Kershaw gave up uh, three hits, two runs, and it wasn't until the closer, Craig Kimbrell, came in and gave up a run, a hit, and a run, um, but did get his 20th save. Right. Mookie uh, really drove things with three RBIs. He and Trey both hit home runs in the 5-3 to three victory. Yeah, so the Dodgers sweep the Giants in San Francisco for the first time since 1977. Uh, really great uh, series for the Dodgers. They played well. And you could tell the Giants are frustrated. Uh, there was a um, pitcher, I think his last name's Garcia, uh, you know, a reliever that took exception to the Dodgers um, when they get a hit. They hit their helmet. It's from the Wolf of Wall Street um, that Leonardo DiCaprio uh, gives that speech in the Wolf of Wall Street. And he has the microphone and he hits the microphone on his head. And that's what it's about. Well, he had struck out James. uh, He had struck out uh, Cody Bellinger. And then he struck out James Outman. Uh, Mookie Betts is on the on deck circle. And he the pitcher does, you know, does the gesture, you know, hits his head and is looking at Mookie Betts and Mookie's like, okay, you know, we got a problem here. So then the, the uh, umpire warns the Dodgers dugout, like we're not going to have anything going on today. And then he goes over to the Giants dugout. Gabe Kapler tells Gabe Kapler, Hey, you need to get, you know, you need to control your pitcher. That made Gabe Kapler like fly off the handle because he doesn't like to be told what to do. He got out onto the field, was yelling and screaming, um, even pushed his bench coach away. The bench coach is like, hey, come on, let's get back to the dugout. Pushes him away. He gets ejected uh, for the first time in the three years that he's been in San Francisco. So, And I think a lot of that whole thing was frustration over the series and the series loss and just how they've been playing. Yeah. They've just in general, not been playing well as they fell back to about 21 games behind the Dodgers in the West. And uh, a lot of people are starting to wonder if, uh, if he's, he's not lost it. He has his shelf life. He's reached it. Um, And even starting to question Farhan Zaidi. And what uh, what he can do? This team that uh, it looked like that last season. Hey, do we have Dodgers North going on here? Because Farhan Zaidi was an Andrew Friedman uh, worked with him in Tampa Bay. Came to the Dodgers with him. Is he ready? Well, maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Uh, you know. But right now, a lot of people are starting to question him. Of course, they're going to based on what's happening with the Giants and their fall. Um, maybe Gabe Kapler though, might be, he might have reached the end of his leadership style and time to move on to something else. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. And it could just be that it's just one of those down years. They happen. Yeah. I mean, some of people, you know, I've heard, oh, was last year fluke for the giants, but you know, you don't have Buster Posey anymore. Was he a key somehow, you know, he was the everything that drove it. He was the driver. I don't know. Like but, uh, uh, the leadership, his leadership, 
yeah uh, might have been yeah there's there's some of that to it maybe you're i think you're right on that all right so uh the dodgers head back home uh to welcome the uh the new beast of the west apparently yes the, the San Diego Padres and the owner of the Padres said that we're trying to slay the dragon up the freeway or to the north on the freeway or something to that yeah. effect. You know, uh, that interview with the uh, owner who is his mom uh, was his his grandfather was Walter O'Malley, who owned the Dodgers and then his um mom and his uncle um you know were owners and anyway they did an interview with him on espn on sunday night baseball and that was the that was the worst interview because he didn't listen to any of the questions that were asked they wanted him to talk about growing up in the dodgers and with ben you know having a relationship with ben scully and he was right, more which is definitely the big you know thing well, right then you know yeah and um going back to the giant series you know um Vince Scully passed away during while the Dodgers were playing the Giants and it just seems fitting that that would be the where, series where that the was Dodgers going were, on yeah. yeah as as so, a as um, a a boyhood fan of the Giants and I think he always had that soft spot for the Giants. Just, you know, you don't give oh, yeah. up on those boyhood uh, things. But he always, you know, I think actually being a Giants fan and ended up working for the Dodgers helped him create the, the what he became. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with anyway, that. Anyway, so the, the, the Dregs are, there's really good parts of their organization. I enjoy watching... Uh, around you know trade deadlines and offseason AJ Preller as the general manager has proven himself to be um you know a wild man he will yeah. if he can make it happen he'll do it yeah and you know the the Dodgers could have completely taken the pulled the rug out from under the uh the Padres again if they'd been willing to give up a couple of major league uh, pieces along with some of the, uh, the minor league spot, you know, folks to get Juan Soto, but they weren't willing to do that. And probably rightly so, uh, you know, why mess with the chemistry of a team that's doing so well right now uh, without, and if you really want Juan Soto, he's a free agent in a couple of years. He may not be happy in San Diego. Who knows? So the the Dregs show up, much anticipated series. All of the Padres fans think that the uh, the ticket prices for the Friday game went way up because the Padres are in town and there's no rivalry. What do you mean there's no rivalry? No, ticket prices went up because more people were interested in going because there was a uh, tribute to Vin Scully, the first home game after his passing. And um, and then hey, one thing that we didn't mention. Uh, we were uh, able to participate uh, in writing a little tribute. We just both provided about a paragraph apiece uh, independently of one another. And uh, for nine inning know-it-all, and uh, you, you may have seen things that we've either liked or shared, uh, retweeted, 
from Nine Inning Know It All. So check out that. Uh, you can go on Twitter on their website as well, Nine Inning Know It All dot com, and uh, and you can see what we contributed along with many others and uh, the heartfelt feelings. Um, is that redundant? Felt feelings. <laughs> I don't know. I did think it's interesting that uh, we wrote it independent of each other. I didn't know, uh, you know, he said, hey, did you, um, he contacted us, each of us individually. And um, although, you know, obviously our memories are uh, a little different, there were some things that were very um, similar. Yes, in, I noticed that too. That we, <laughs> yeah, that we wrote. So I thought that was cool. But uh, yeah, so you got this new look Padres. Uh, Juan Soto is in his uh, press conference when they're introducing him. He says he feels bad for the pitchers that are going to be against this lineup. And, uh, you know, we know how the Padres fans treat games against L.A. It is, you know, uh, lots of tweets on Friday night. said, are you ready for game one of the World Series, Uh, you know, type atmosphere? Um, But, uh, yeah, well, let's look at uh, the San Diego Padres. Right, and it starts off with new look pitcher, who's been there for a little bit, but Sean Manea, former uh, A's pitcher, now with the Padres. He hits the hill for four innings worth of work. The Dodgers, of course, send the Catman. Looks a little better still, though, in that first inning. I think he, to get through the first inning, I think it was 30 pitches. Um, after that, he settled down, went, had a five innings pitch, gave up three hits, but didn't give up any runs um, and did have six strikeouts. And his walks are down. He only gave up uh, one walk. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's looking a little better. He was kind of shaky after the All-Star game, so you got to get him back, you know, right. Um, so, yeah, Tony Gonsolin on the mound. Dodgers at the plate. You had Mookie Betts, two for four with a double. Chris Taylor, his first game back um, after, his, after fracturing his foot. Uh, he was one for four, had a double. Hanser Alberto had a double. Uh, Taylor had two RBIs. Hanser had two RBIs. Cody Bellinger was uh, one for four with two RBIs and a double. So another night where it was just doubles galore. Uh, Trey Turner, two for five. Will Smith, who had been kind of quiet at the plate, three for four uh, with an RBI. And in this game, he had Juan Soto, who was one for three. Manny Machado was one for three with two strikeouts. He did have a double. He played. He was the DH. Um, and then uh, Josh Bell was one for three. And I mentioned those guys. I know that Brandon Drury is in there also because he was part of a trade with the Reds. But there was a poll, and it might have been nine and a know-it-all, said, which lineup is better, these hitters in particular? Uh, Betts, Turner, Freeman, or Soto, Machado, Bell. And the majority of people who had taken the poll had um, said Soto, Machado, and Bell. Yeah, so. I, I could see that. I mean, Bell Bell's probably going to be the um, the most underrated part of that trade. Everybody's going to be focused oh, yeah. on Juan Soto. But thanks to uh, to him, he they got that run 
uh, in yep. that uh, in the game. That was it. He he helped provide that offense. Game two at uh, I I got to that game um, a little late, and when I checked in on it, it was uh, right about the I think the fifth inning, and the Dregs were up three to two. Yeah, three to two in that game. Yeah, but it doesn't stay that way. Andrew Haney is on the mound for the Dodgers, goes four and two-thirds innings, so a little bit longer than his last. Gives up four hits, three runs, um, one walk, and three strikeouts. So he's getting back. Chris Martin comes out. He actually, you know, he's looking good with his hair, you know, beard color, whatever. He just looks <laughs> different to me. Um, and then, you know, Alex Bessia, Evan Phillips, who's been amazing, and uh, Reyes Murata, who is back, our favorite. Uh, and didn't give up a home run. No, he did not. So that's great. Uh, you got Mookie Betts, who was three for five in this game, scores three runs. Uh, Trey Turner, one for four. Uh, Freddie Freeman. This is odd. Um, oh, for three, but he does have an RBI because he had a. A sack fly. Uh, Will Smith in this game, two for two, three RBIs. He hit a home run. Max Muncy, he was the one. So the, you came into the game. It was three to two. Max Muncy took care of that with a swing of the bat. A la what we are used to. This is Max of old that we want to see come back. And he hit the go-ahead homer. Uh, and the thing is, is he has had such a bad season. And he will say when he came around the first base, around first base, and he saw that it went out, he raised his fist in the air because he was so happy. It wasn't, well, yeah, he just got the lead for the Dodgers, but I think it was more, I can do it. I can a hit personal, a home run. Personal triumph. <laughs> yeah. So Max had a home run. Uh, Gavin Lux was two for four in this game with a double. Cody Bellinger coming to light uh, at the plate. He was one for three with a double. Um, Max in the last eight games since this uh, Saturday game, he was eight. He's eight for twenty nine. Had two home runs, six RBIs, and this is his first four game hitting streak of the season for Max. Crazy. That's crazy. That, that's crazy because Trey Turner just came off of a 20 game hitting streak. Exactly. His longest is a 26 game hitting streak on the season. Yeah. And here's Max. He gets his first four game hitting streak. Hey, you know, uh, you got to start somewhere. It, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they took advantage of Mike Clevenger, who's, uh, not been great this season yet. I don't know. You know, he as soon as he got there, he was injured in San Diego, and it just never, he's never come back uh, around. Uh, I was watching the game. Planet Head came out and said, "Who they got pitching for him? He looks like a hippie." I said, "Oh, he kind of is." But I, whenever I watch him, I always think he has to go to the bathroom, like when right. he does his little this fidgety <laughs> thing. His mouth yeah, drives like, me drives me crazy. I, I gotta go. But yeah, so they had that going for him. That I gotta hurry up and get out of this inning. I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Soto one for three with a walk. I mean, he's gonna. He's got I don't know crazy amount of walks over his career. 
um, leads the lead in walks. Manny Machado was one for four with a strikeout, and Josh Bell was one for four with a uh, strikeout. So, so that, that leads us exactly <laughs> to you took the uh, words right out of my mouth to the last game of the series and uh, Dodgers win convincingly. Uh, Tyler Anderson back on the mound. Uh, seven innings, two hits, no runs, one walk, three strikeouts. And then it was Evan Phillips and Craig Kimbrell came in. Dodgers win that game four to nothing. Uh, Mookie two for four at the plate with a double. Uh, Trey again, you know, one for four. Freddie two for four. Um, Will Smith was the only, you know, was the one that kind of, um, you know, he's been looking a lot better, but this time he's like, yeah, I'll let the, I'll let the other guys take care of it. Max Muncy, two for four. And then uh, Cody Bellinger, he was the player of the day or the night because it was the ESPN game. Uh, but Juan Soto said, I've never played a night game during the day. So that was kind of funny. They had him mic'd up, which was people felt bad because the for Juan Soto because they were had him mic'd up while Cody Bellinger hit that first home run and he said let it stay in let it stay in and then he went oh uh. <laughs> and it's like uh but I like Juan Soto I think he he's fun to watch he seems very personable um in his you know in interviews and things like that but uh not, I don't like him as a Padre. Trey Turner told uh, Juan Soto and Josh Bell, do they they do not look good in brown? Um, yeah. yeah, and I have to agree with that. But Cody Bellinger, three for three, uh, two home runs, two RBIs. I mean, just on fire. Looked really great. Um, nice to see Max and Cody getting back into the swing of things. You know, what's, um, what's going to be kind of cool is, is for, uh, Josh and Juan is that, uh, they're going to, uh, be at home versus the nationals on a Friday night. Oh, what are they? They're going to get <laughs> their teammates are going to give them such a hard time. They're going to be coming up and ordering a Chalupa. <laughs> I think that Juan and uh, and Josh say, uh, can we just wear our old City Connect jerseys with the, uh, you know, we'll put duct tape across, you know, like a lot of fans do, put San Diego across or whatever. Um, yeah, in this game, in this last game, uh, Juan Soto was 0 for 2, but did have two walks. Machado was 0 for 4, and um, Josh Bell was 0 for 3. In the series, Juan Soto was 2 for 8 with 3 walks. Machado, 2 for 11 with 4 strikeouts. And Bell was 2 for 10 with 2 Ks. So I, I think that um, they, you, Darvish, was on the hill in that yep. game. And I think that one thing we have to remember is that they didn't face Joe Musgrove this time around. True. And even with the changes that they made, even with Juan Soto, who I think uh, when I looked it up is hitting like 300, um, you know, since he's been with the uh, the drags, um, you know, 
Brandon Drury's had a couple of decent hits, but he's only batting in the hundreds. He made a couple of he's made a couple of really good um, defensive plays. Josh Bell obviously is still batting in the three hundreds, which is what he was doing before. Yeah. Uh, but I think that the the problem is going to be is that your offense isn't necessarily going to be there every night. And Juan Soto didn't have uh, this great series against them. He didn't even have a great series against them when the Nationals were in there be- right before the trade. That's day. right. He had a couple yeah. of hits, but not anything like Juan Soto rules the world. Yeah. So while he could have those, while there is that chance that Fernando Tatis Jr., I think, is probably going to do more for them offensively than Juan Soto is. Um, it's going to depend on how the pitchers roll and Blake Snell can come out and have a great start and then drop it, or he can get beat in the first inning. The Dodgers yeah. have done both. Joe Musgrove has a little better control and is a little better pitcher overall. So they didn't really get better pitching wise. And that's going to be uh, more the key. If the, if the offense isn't doing their thing, if the if those guys are run are scoring like they can, then it won't matter who's on the mound because they're going to outscore everybody. But based on what we saw here, they aren't they aren't they are not about to become the dragon. To <laughs> no. To, yeah, I mean, what a week for the Dodgers sweeping the Giants in San Francisco. Come home and sweep the Padres. And the thing with the Dodgers, and if you listen to post game interviews with. Uh, Dave Roberts and with any of the players they're like we're just playing we're just playing our game um, and they don't look at you know okay yeah the Padres are coming in but they don't look at um, it's just another team it's just another game and I think that mindset is really helping them um, to just go and play instead of being concerned about oh no they've got this guy now or they've got this and they just are playing baseball Right. And every and team's got somebody, too. you know, even if they've only got one somebody, they have somebody, you know, yeah. when the, when the, um, when the nationals were in, they had to deal with Juan Soto then too, didn't really right. matter. And they had Josh Bell on that same team, <laughs> Yep. you know, so now he's there with Manny Machado, Josh Bell and Juan Soto you know, it's still got to come out. And when Fernando Tatis Jr. comes back in, what kind of impact will he have? Obviously remains to be seen, but that's, you know, is it going to be that big of a difference, especially if the Dodgers continue to play like they're playing? The only time they're going to have to really worry about the Padres again will probably be if if they would meet up with them in the playoffs, depending on how, you know, where the Padres are in relation to how it all it comes out. Yep. All right, so the Dodgers uh, will be taking on the Twins as they uh, they start an AL Central uh, set. Uh, two games with the Twins in at home. Freddie Freeman bobblehead night where he's got a big smile on his face as he's uh, hitting a home run, I guess. And then um, Kansas City will be hosting the Dodgers for three over the weekend. Yeah, and I w- want to mention on the sat in uh, Saturday's game, 
to honor the Negro Leagues and the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson MLB uh, debut, the Royals uh, will play um, and will wear, they will play as and will wear 1945 Kansas City Monarchs home uniforms and the Dodgers will wear 1955 Brooklyn Dodgers away uniforms, both team sporting jerseys that Jackie Robinson uh, would have worn. And um, starting that day, game used jerseys, hats, bat, uh, batting helmets, and more will be auctioned off um, at royals.com slash auction and dodgers.com uh, forward slash auction. And all of those proceeds um, will go to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. That is on our SRBB's list of places that we want to go. Um, so really cool. It'll be fun to see um, to see that game with the Kansas City and the Dodgers in uh, in those uniforms playing as the Monarchs and the Brooklyn Dodgers. 1955 was a good year for the Dodgers. They it won was. a title. Yep. Um, all right. There's a couple other places on that uh, on that list, and I'll bring those up when we get to around baseball. Not only the Negro League Baseball Museum in uh, Kansas City, uh, but first, player of the week. I had to go with uh, Funky Muncie. Haven't heard that, Max Muncie. That Funky, that funky Muncie. Muncie. Uh, no, it's been 19. a while. Uh, two RBIs, two home runs, actually five RBIs, uh, two home runs, had a double, 368 batting average. Um, I just love seeing Max uh, being Max. Yes, it's good to see him uh, getting back there and uh, and doing more of those uh, the things that he's done before. I, um, while Max had a, a good week, was cool with that, I went with Will Smith. As my player of the week, this week, uh, 391, uh, nine for 23, uh, six RBIs, two doubles, and a home run plus a sacrifice fly to uh, to help drive the Dodgers to two consecutive sweeps over. Uh, figure their last three series have all been against National League West, and I believe uh, coming up they're going to go through another stretch like that where they have like the Diamondbacks and uh, the Dregs again. And Let's hop in the bullpen cart and take a spin around the stadium and take a look around the league, around baseball, not just the league, but around baseball and talking about a couple of different places that are on our list. Uh, one of them is, of course, Omaha for the uh, College World Series. The other is Williamsport, Pennsylvania, as uh, Little League World Series action is uh, is firing up. The regionals are going on, and a team from uh, the Southern California team is from a town just about no more than 10 miles away from where I live. And have already, unfortunately, been eliminated. Ah. But it was cool to turn on the TV and start seeing some of these games. Some of these little league games are more compelling sometimes than the big league games, the college games sometimes. Um, I uh, I got to catch the other day, I got to catch um, the um, uh, Hawaii versus Northern California team from Rockland, California. 
and uh, was was enjoying that. Uh, it was a close game, but then Hawaii came back after being down three to two at one point. They came back to win the game thirteen to three. So I didn't get to see all of it, but I saw them take the lead four to three, and then they just. They just, I think they started the merry-go-round because they had the bases loaded when I had to turn it off and go back to that job thing. So <laughs> I missed out on it, but it's been cool to see, to see that. And uh, we look forward to that. The other place that we'd like to uh, go to would be Dyersville, Iowa. And yeah. uh the Reds and the Cubs are fired up to play at the Field of Dreams tonight. As you yep. listen to this uh, podcast, if you're listening to it when it comes out, if you're listening to it after it comes out, Thursdays at 1 p.m., 1.10 p.m., it drops every Thursday. If you're listening to it after, then that game's already taken place and you missed it. <laughs> or you saw it and you'll think, Hey, I watched that game. When you hear us say this now. All two or three of you that are listening. <laughs> but we love you. If you're listening. Yes. Thank you. Yes, uh, yeah, the uh, Field of Dreams game, Cubs and Reds, They uh, the uniforms are super cool. Um, they unveiled those. Um, they are both were um, throwbacks to what their teams wore you know, and during what would have been the, you know, 1919, I think the Cincinnati Reds tweeted out party like it's 1919 uh, with pictures, uh, pictures of their, uh, of their uniform. Uh, the Cubs with the hat is pretty cool. It's got the, ba- you know, the cub, I guess, with holding a baseball. Um, and those are available. I believe that those are available uh, on fanatics. So go to our website, siblingrivalrybb.com, click on either the Dodgers or Angels link, takes you to fanatics and get some uh, filled a dreams gear or whatever, you know, gear you, you want. Um, but uh, yeah, these are really cool. The Cubs are going to be wearing uh, versions of their home uniforms from 1927 to 2019 seasons, but their hat is from 1914 and the reds are wearing uniforms from the 1914 season. So I like that kind of that, you know, they, they play at the field of dreams, but then they bring that nostalgia back of not just playing in their regular uniforms. It adds something. So, yep. You know, I, I, I gotta go back real quick to little league world series. What, prompted me not only was seeing the little league little league world series on tv but on the sunday night baseball game they were talking about uh jerks and profar coming to bat and jerks and profar as a 12 year old played in the little league world series yeah and i think um all of his brothers have played <laughs> Right. In the Little League World Series. So too. that was kind of cool to think about that. Um, you know, you Cody forget. Bellinger was in the Little yep. League World Series. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of players that uh, have made their way through. So, but it was just cool to remember. I forgot about Cody being there as well. So definitely get a chance, uh, check that out, and then uh, hopefully you uh, you got a chance to watch because 
the um fill the dream game last year was just it was a pretty incredible uh you know game overall uh and just seeing the home runs into the corn was uh was pretty awesome yep all right so uh a few things to uh to talk about uh justin verlander who is pretty much the ace of baseball right now. Nobody seems to be pitching better than he is at 39 years old. Uh, he kind of doing his Nolan Ryan impersonation as far as like pitching until he's uh, a lot older. Uh, he's Which still I got think is what his yeah. goal is. I think he wants to be the, you know, Nolan Ryan get to there or, you know, Tom Brady of the, you know, NFL uh but I don't think that he would – if he says he's going to retire, I think he'll retire. I don't think he'll be yeah. back and forth. But, yeah, he is – I mean, his last start, he was against Cleveland. He threw six shutout innings, gave up two hits, one walk. I 1.73 ERA. Um, but something interesting happened um, because he has 130 innings. He has crossed – that threshold for sure and uh and that triggered his option for next year so he is going to make what 25 million some odd dollars mm-hmm. 25 million dollar option for 2023 and uh, we'll see if he can uh, continue on next year but he's at least uh, squared away with that uh with that option thanks to the 130 innings and however many more he's going to get uh now, while he's assured of another year, a couple of guys, their futures are up in the air. Jackie Bradley Jr. being one of them, who was DFA'd by the uh, the Red Sox, who signed him in the offseason after uh, he had uh, done some time with the Brewers, who did not re-sign him. And then uh, recent trade uh, piece, uh, from the Padres, Denelson Lamet. Yeah, he was part of the trade to the Brewers when the Padres, you know, got uh, Josh Hader, and then he was released. It's like I don't even think he got a locker. He was released, but he has been picked up by the Rockies. So yeah, I don't even think that they uh, they even made up a jersey for him. No, they just are like. Um, yeah, don't don't even show uh, up. You're not staying. Yeah, you don't need to. You don't need to come. And at one point, he was thought to be a really big piece of what this building drags rotation was going to be. And yeah, he is not. not He's been on the injured list. And yeah, another guy, uh, Jason Hayward of the Cubs. He's been on the IL with a knee injury for most of the. Uh, well, actually, probably almost the entire season, um, the Cubs have announced that they will not be re-signing him for the 2023 season. Uh, but he'll hang out. He'll still hang out for the rest of the season. He's, I guess he has a good clubhouse presence. Um, but, yeah, he's not going to be a Cub next why year. Would you, why would you say that now? I don't. And then I let him hang surprised. around there. He's a good clubhouse presence, but maybe he's not now. Yeah, now he's going to be against the cubs um do you know just saying all the you know bad things uh he's gonna uh, sabotage you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be regretting that you didn't get traded wilson and ian that's right 
Uh, the Phillies released Didi Gregorius, uh, Jeris Famia, uh, oh, how do you say his first name? Obadel Herrera? Yep. Or that's too easy. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> the Guardians elite released uh, Fr- uh, Framil uh, Re- Reyes. The Cubs released Andrelton Simmons. Um, wow. Just, that one I missed. It's yeah, sad to it, see they, uh, Simba. Simba out well, there, but he, he just hasn't been. He, well, he had a shoulder injury, and right. he was on the IL, and then he was getting ready to start a rehab assignment, and they released him. So, like, yeah. time to move on to something else, I guess. Yeah. So a lot of names, you know, you see people, oh, they got released, but these are all names that we know. You know, these are not guys that. Um, haven't contributed or haven't been part of winning teams. Um, they've all been, you know, part of something, especially, you know, you think of Didi Gregorius, obviously the Phillies released him, but he's more, you think of Yankees, you know, when he played with the Yankees right. and everything he did there. But um, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of guys just saying, see ya. Well, I guess at this point, then that means there's a lot of guys who probably may be worried about getting released and are probably happy that they're still spinning on the wheel of IL. So this was pretty cool. Mickey Moniak, Mickey playing in Anaheim, but he is now on the IL with a fractured right middle finger. Um, he's on the 10-day IL, probably will be longer than that. Travis Darno um, hurt his leg in a home plate collision in Sunday's game. His x-rays were clean, so that's good for the Braves. No fracture, but he is listed day-to-day. Mike Moustakis is day-to-day with a calf injury. Jonathan India has a leg injury. He is listed as day-to-day. And then Kyle Farmer with a neck injury is listed day-to-day. So not great news for the Reds when they've got three of their main players out. Uh, Hunter Green, also of the Reds, has a right shoulder strain, and he is on the 15-day IL. Don't want to see that with a young pitcher, um, but you know he'll be able to, to get some rest. Uh, Chad Cool of the Rockies, who has had one of those seasons where he's been really, really good or not so great. Uh, he is out with a hip flexor injury. Um, he's on the 15-day IL. Michael Brantley has a right shoulder, has right shoulder discomfort, and it looks like he could be out for the rest of the season. We'll keep an eye on that. Right now he's on the 10-day IL. With the Dodgers, we have Clayton Kershaw, as we mentioned in the Dodgers segment, who is on the 15-day IL with uh, back soreness. Did get a cortisone shot. Uh, Dave Roberts said it looked promising, looked good, not like in previous years. And then uh, Yancy Almonte is on the 15-day IL with tightness in his right elbow, hoping that is nothing more just that he needs some rest because he has been a key piece of the Dodgers bullpen. Uh, Trevor Rogers of the Marlins is on the 15 day IL with back spasms. And then Minnesota right fielder, Alex uh, 
Kirillov has had season-ending surgery on his wrist. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is day-to-day, listed as day-to-day with back soreness. And then your favorite, Dilly Pickles, DJ Peters, the starting pitcher for the Pirates, is on the 15-day IL with an inflamed elbow. Um, But then you also have David Bednar, Pirates reliever. He's on the 15-day IL with lower back inflammation. And back uh, issues. It is. There's a lot of back issues um, and shoulder. Uh, Mariners King Giles is on the 15-day IL with right shoulder tightness. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, uh, who pitched against his former team, he got traded from the Yankees to the Cardinals, pitched against the uh, Yankees and won that game. He left his last start with the uh, leg cramps. He's listed as day-to-day. Not sure if he'll make his next start, which is supposed to be tomorrow versus the Brewers. Uh, Cole Calhoun is on the 10-day IL with heel soreness. George Springer, we last week was day-to-day, but now is spinning on the IL with elbow inflammation. Ross Stripling of the Blue Jays is on the 15-day IL with a hip strain and a right glute injury. So he's on the IL, but it you know looked good for Mitch White because he was sent to AAA and then he was back. Um, to Toronto to take that spot. And of course, we always leave this one for last. Kirk Casale is on the 10 day IL with an oblique injury. Oblique, oblique, oh my side. Oh, 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 my side. And that is the will of IL. And I, you know, Mickey Moniak, he had that, he has that fractured right middle finger. Does it have to be in a cast? So he's always flipping people off. <laughs> <laughs> Got those little things, that little metal piece that yeah. goes over top of it. And just maybe he's out in the sun. The sun hits it just right. Somebody's like, hey, hey what's going what on? What did here? I do? Right. <laughs> and he hopes to be back this season, they say, but. Who knows? And, you know, knowing the angels, I, you know, at this point, I wonder, you know, too, uh, you know, things, Mike Trout says things are getting better, but you don't really see here. Yes. He's very close or whatever. He's starting this, but yeah. Is he doing the baseball activities? Has he started spitting and scratching? I don't think we've even seen that. No, we haven't. We haven't. So it's like no idea. You know, and I, and then too, I wonder at some point, do you, does he come back at all? Yeah. I mean, closer, deeper into the season, the angels at this point are not going to be in the playoffs. So I don't know. I, I wonder if maybe if I'm in the front office where they're at, I just say, let him rest for the rest of the season, figure out exactly what this whole thing is. Because, you know, we talked about this last week, his career is over. No, his career isn't. But what is it that he's going to have to do to be productive um, and get back to being Mike Trout? Right. And so hopefully some news about that coming up. Uh, I think too, uh, just to kind of wrap something up on um, on this, or at least provide a little detail. Did find out that uh, still thinking that it's going to be maybe November before we ever get word about what's going on with Trevor Bauer on his appeal. That 
apparently his um, his lawyer is also defending Danny Matheson from that 70s show and uh, in his uh, with his legal troubles. She has asked for a continuance in Danny Matheson's trial to focus more on what's going on with Trevor Bauer's uh, appeal and said that there's a lot going on and it's almost like a trial in some ways, apparently. I don't know, you know, no details are coming out. We just finally got, uh, thanks to the LA Times, some idea that it's going to continue to go on. And then finally, before we uh, we start rolling the tarp out on the uh, on the field, it's just for men, is it? Ah, that's it. Just for men. Well, should we, before we roll out the tarp, just mention the MLB Players of the Week? Oh, yeah, just we forgot them. to do that, didn't we? <laughs> we just went well, right past it. It's all right. I mean, these guys... Uh, especially this one, Nolan Arenado is uh, he won his this season's first uh, National League Player of the Week in April. He is back at it. Um, he has a total of eight. Um, he went, you know, St. Louis went six um, six and nothing this past week. Uh, he had a 476 average, three home runs, eight RBIs, and a 1.560 OPS, and he drove in four runs on Sunday to help the Cardinals sweep the Yankees. And then uh, Kevin Gosman has earned his first player of the week award. Um, he took home American League honors after tossing a pair of scoreless outings, uh, eight innings of one hit ball with 10 strikeouts against the Rays. He fanned 15 batters and all uh, last week and gave up just seven hits and one walk over 14 in- uh, innings. And he now has a 2.91 ERA on the year. So Nolan Arenado and Kevin Gosman. Nolan Arenado, he likes to win it in months that start with A. That's it. <laughs> April and August. Goes along with his, he must, Arenado. It's like, what's your favorite right. letter? A. <laughs> Could be O. Could be. Yeah, but. Nolan Arenado. Yeah, but he would probably like to, to uh, make O his favorite. And be like uh, MVP in October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, it looks like, I mean, the way he's going, it could be a race between him and his teammate, Paul Goldschmidt. The other corner. Yeah. <laughs> it's either first or third. We'll see. And right. just because we like to hear the... Law and Order in our um, podcast. Should we mention Jacob DeGrom? Just real quick. All right. We'll wrap up around (laughs) baseball with Jacob DeGrom. 12 strikeouts, one hit over five and two thirds innings in his debut back from a very long stint on the wheel. I'm surprised he wasn't dizzy when he got on the mound, but he wasn't. He looked really good. But um, one thing about DeGrom is he does have an opt-out, it looks like, next season. So it looks like he might be opting out. So where could he land? That could be exciting to talk about. But for now, he's on the Mets, and he is 
striking out 12 and allowing just one hit in his first game back. So that'll do it for this episode of Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. We thank you for uh, joining us. Remember, you can always find us on social media. Social media director, where are we? Where can you find us? You can find Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast on Twitter at Sibling Rivalry BB without the A and on Instagram and Facebook at sibling rivalry BB with the A. And I've got something I'm going to post about some cool things that I'm doing. And we got another giveaway that we're going to be doing here in the next probably couple of weeks. And it's a good one. It's a brewing. It's brewing. So yeah, keep a watch on our uh, social media channels. And then, of course, listen here. We'll tell you all about it. Don't forget the uh, website mentioned earlier, SiblingRivalryBB.com. You can uh, check out the Fanatics links and get uh, all your favorite team gear. You can get the um, Field of Dreams stuff. And honestly, I believe that uh, once the uh, the teams are all there in Williamsport, I think you can even get the uh, Little League World Series stuff like the west or the southwest or whatever the region as i recall last year they had that stuff Uh, so you can uh, you can get those things as well uh, all there on fanatics uh, on the fanatics link on siblingrivalrybb.com don't forget to visit our friends at the game day chic on instagram or their website the game or on the website game day chic i always get that wrong but uh and then check out our uh, contribution to uh, Vin Scully tribute at uh, Nine Inning Know It All. All right, we will uh, we'll check in next week to find out what's going on, progression of the uh, Little League World Series, who's making it out of the regionals, what does uh, the Williamsport uh, what does Williamsport look like as far as like the teams that are showing up, the international teams will be there this year, so we have that. Plus, we'll talk about uh, who's coming to play the Little League Classic. Another cool Major League game. Uh, August is full of fun little things. like. So have a great week. We will talk to you next time on the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. And don't forget to swing away.